Let's get this sports podcast party started, all right? The J Reels Podcast. Why don't you wait until July 1st to make an announcement? What a disgrace. He can rack up all these numbers in October, November, and December, but what really counts is let me see this in January. The Sports Rebel Without a Pause, delivering fast-paced, jam-packed sports talk like no other. Listen, I gotta call it as I see it, he is not a good player. I'm sick and tired of having to deal with the disappointment of this franchise. When does it stop? And yes, another winter that I can sleep in peace. Coming correct, direct, and in full effect. Let's get it. This is the J. Rose Podcast. Welcome aboard. What is happening, my good people? Greetings. How are you? How's it going? How's everybody doing out there? What is the latest and greatest? Hope everybody's well, feeling fantastic in excellent spirits. I'm sure a lot of you people who follow the J. Rose Podcast must be wondering, wait a minute, what is this surprise podcast that popped up on my phone, tablet, device, PC, laptop, you name it? Well, guess what? Not only do I have one, but two special guests on deck here to represent in episode 234, the latest edition of the J. Reels Podcast with your host, J. Reels. For my first-timers, welcome aboard, and for those who've been banging with me for all those episodes that I mentioned, or anywhere in between, I welcome you guys and gals back on this Saturday, January the 22nd in the year of our Lord, 2022. Look at that symmetry for you, one How's that for some numbers? Maybe you want to play that for your daily number in whatever city or town that you live in. So if you're feeling lucky, why not? But here to be a part of this podcast, and from a different perspective, because... No disrespect to my dear friend Brian Murray, if you've listened to my podcast, especially recently when it comes to the NFL, there are only three Bengal fans in my life. Actually, there have been two for so many years, but now I've had a third going back to 2020, and if you want to get a little bit more insight of my first guest, he would be an aspiring podcaster himself, broadcaster extraordinaire, somewhere down the road, the young but very talented Jai Shields. Episode 145, if you want to go back in the archives, you can take a listen to my interview with him. But at the tender age of 19, and him being a diehard huge Bengal fan in the city of Baltimore, of all places, in the AFC North, I get a chance to see and get a feel for what he experienced over the past week, especially with the big win last Saturday against the Las Vegas Raiders, as the Bengals will now, in just a matter of hours, play the Tennessee Titans, the number one seed in the AFC, And following Jai, as we break down his crazy Saturday and everything leading up to this game later this afternoon, and I understand for those who are going to listen to this after the fact, who knows, maybe the Bengals have won and advanced onto the AFC Championship game, or maybe they just fell around short or game short and the Tennessee Titans will move on. But needless to say, this is still going to be a very good podcast to listen to coming from how many Bengal fans do you know on this planet? That's number one. And number two, my second guest is an old friend of mine dating back to the mid-90s, and her name is Risa Saslow from Cincinnati. Her dad was a season ticket holder. Actually, has some very good stories about her growing up in a household that she had two older sisters, and she was the son that her father never had. And she also talks about her story going to Super Bowl twenty-three. Yes, Joe Robbie Stadium at the time, Miami, Florida, where the Bengals played the Niners in the second go-round in that decade. And we all know what happened there. Joe Montana, the John Taylor, back at the end zone, etc. So she has a very fascinating story about that and everything leading up to the wildcard game last week. And of course, her thoughts and her feelings about the game 
later on today. So I understand this is a little bit of a niche podcast. I'm sure for the people out there probably wondering, who cares about the Bengals? I don't care if they played in my backyard. I draw the blinds. I understand. I get it. But in a world where we see too many Laker fans, too many Patriot fans, too many bandwagon fans rooting for the team of the day, flavor of the month, so on and so forth, we're going to go deep into the hearts and souls and tortured ones at that, whether you're 19 years old like the first guest Jai or even over 50, and she says it on the pod, so it's not like I'm trying to shout out her age and because I'm an old friend and a good friend, I'm sure she doesn't mind. So I have the wide range of emotions from young to old when it comes to the two near and dear Bengal fans to my heart. And again, shout out to my guy Brian Murray who is also part of that mix and I will make sure that he will be a focal point in the near future or somewhere in the Jay Reels podcast future as far as him being on these airwaves. So with that being said, let me cut to the chase people. As we get ready for the divisional round and with the first game being the Bengals and Titans, none other than my two guests. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start off with Jai and then segue right into Risa. Of course, this was conducted on Zoom, so my audio was through a headset, so it may not be crystal clear as you hear me now on this microphone, but nevertheless, you'll be able to hear in top quality my discussions with Jai and Risa, and I'll see you on the other end. All right, I got my man, podcaster extraordinaire from Amatel, like a T.I. is podcast, straight out of Baltimore. Jai Shields is joining me. He was with me on episode 145. So if you want to go back in the archives to peep that, you're more than happy to do so to get a little bit of background on Jai, also as well as how he became a Bengal fan living in Raven country of all places. So you know what? I certainly do not... Uh, not to say I do forgive him for not be, being a Raven fan, but considering me being a Steeler fan, him being a Bengal fan, we're going to be going at it over the years. And obviously they had kicked the Steelers' teeth in the last uh, year and a half, considering they've won three straight for the first time since the late 80s, early 90s. But with that said, Jai, I'm sure you're riding on cloud nine as we're now on the eve of the divisional round between the Bengals and Titans. How are you feeling about 25 hours prior to game time? More like, more or less on like cloud seven, Jason, but I'm going <laughs> fine. Thanks for having me on. Um, you know, with my Cincinnati Bengals, it's been, listen, it's been a phenomenal season. I did not, you know, I, and it was funny because I did a pot, I did a couple of podcast spots earlier in the week. So you're like the third, you're like the third podcast I've been on within the last like five, six days or so. Nice. Um, and I said, and I said that, you know, the interesting dynamic with the Bengals is like the super optimistic who they say going to beat the Bengals, who they nation version of me. That's that's that, that the, the person I keep tucked away deep inside of me that's saying Bengals are going to the Super Bowl like that. That part of me, when the schedule came out, looked at the schedule and said, oh, this team's going to 10 and 7. Like, I understand we got to play the Chiefs. We got to play the Packers like. We're going 10 and 7. Like if everything breaks our way, we're going 10 and 7. Lo and behold, what happened? We ended up going, we ended up going 10 and 7. Um, but the realistic expectations that I had heading into this game, this not this game, but heading into the season was I predicted on my show 
So this team's going to go about seven and seven and ten, eight and nine if we get lucky. You know, offensive line still ain't there yet. Burrow coming off of coming off of his ACL injury. You know, they still they got playmakers on offense for them to score plenty of points. Mixon, if he stays healthy, is going to rush for over a thousand yards again. Uh, Burrow and Higgins are going to, or excuse me, Boyd and Higgins are going to be phenomenal. Jamar Chase, we'll see with him. I was very, very, very nervous and very concerned and very on edge throughout training camp. Couldn't, couldn't catch, he couldn't catch coronavirus if he walked into a Trump rally without a mask on. Yeah. Um, it's just like he, I was like, I, Chase, like, come on, you got to start catching the football now. And then all of a sudden, you know, week one comes around with the Vikings and he's just absolutely sensational. So it's been a, it's been a phenomenal season. It's been an up and down season. I written them off and said, you know, and you heard the rant. I said, that's it. This team stinks. We're not going to the playoffs. We're not winning anything. Zach Taylor, get him out of my sight. It's enough. It's enough for the Bengals. It's same old, same old. The Bungles are back. The Bungles have returned. This is after they laid an egg against the Chargers and then laid an egg against the 49ers the week after that. And essentially since I uploaded that rant and since that since the in the aftermath of that 49er game, since they've just been absolutely phenomenal. Burrow's breaking all sorts of re- Burrow's breaking all sorts of records. I mean, J- Jamar Chase. What can you say about him? He's he's put on an absolute clinic so far this season. As a matter of fact, and even brought this uh, brought this stat up uh, on my show. And I will give it to you here, right here. Joe Burrow, since week 14, he leads the NFL in passer rating, passing yards per game, passing yards per passing attempt, and he has six 50-yard completions, 50-plus-yard completions this season. He's just been absolutely sensational. Damn near threw for 1,000 yards back-to-back in the in the Chief and in the Raven game. They they just been sensational. They made me, they made me nervous last week because last week I'm sitting up there, you know, sitting on pins and needles watching. The, I was excited. I was hyped. I said, "Let's go!" You know, we get the double digit lead early in the game. I was like, "This how it's supposed to go." We break the drought with 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 a with a complete blowout. And the crazy machinations and the ref ball and the tomfoolery and the foolishness of the third quarter occurs. And then you leave the third quarter going, well, that sucked. All right, let's close it out here in the fourth quarter. Gets a little interesting. Derek Carr starts making plays, you know, keeping drives alive. Defense can't get off the field. Josh Jacobs ran decently well. And it's like offense starts stalling out, can't put the ball in the end zone. We break inside the Raider 20-yard line. It's like, oh, boy, here we go again. And then I'm sitting there on my couch as the Raiders have the ball, the final offensive drive. And in the back of my mind, I'm replaying the Steeler playoff game from from the 2015 season in my head. I'm saying to myself, Lord, it cannot end this way again. And after all we've been through this season – after all, the season cannot end with another playoff game collapse at home. It just can't. Lo and behold, and, and by the way, I mean, I have no idea what the heck's what the heck these refs look at. I mean, I, 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 every week, every week, it's it's something different. How in the world was that rough in the past? On uh, I forget the I forget the uh, the guy's name. You know who who was jumping, trying to defend the Derek Carr pass, misses him and, and, and kind of lands on to on to, on top of him, so to speak. On that final drive. Contact. Yeah. Yes, how do they how do they call pass interference on that place? It, it, I swear to you, it's something every week. It's something new with the, with with the officiating with the and with these refs. It's absolutely egregious. 
I mean, it's like what what, what I don't need. Can, I, and I'm saying to myself throughout that final drive, I'm like, Lord, for once, can we have a playoff game where the Bengals are in it, where the Bengals a don't self destruct and b the refs don't help the opponent, don't don't help us lose. Like we we do enough, we do enough getting in our own way. We don't need the ref self. Like, like why? Like why, why, why? And then lo and behold, fourth and goal comes around, you know, game on the line, season on the line, ball finds Jermaine Pratt to seal the uh, nail in the coffin. We win our first playoff game of my lifetime and the first playoff game in franchise history in 31 years. So heading into the Titan game, it's, 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 it's going to, it's going to take another, it's going to take a better job, but just as much of a valiant effort as last week's game, to be quite honest with you. And the one thing is, I know when the game starts and you get into the everything, pretty much down by down, snap by snap, et cetera, then you're just waiting for either the other shoe to drop or you're just waiting for something bad to happen because not to say you're being pessimistic or whatever, but like you said, that's been Bengal football pretty much over the last 31 years. And on top of that, People, this is a young sports fan here. Uh, I'm going to put him on blast real quick. He's going to turn 20 this year. Yes, so, this spring, he, yes. so, right. So a lot, a lot of people may look at that and say, wow, 20-year-old diehard. It's like, yeah, they are out there. And that's what I love about having Jai on here. Because to me, there don't seem to be too many diehard fans, especially of a team that has been as lowly as the Bengals have over the last three decades. So with all that being said, I understand that every play is going to be broken down just like you did with the Raider game. But now going into tomorrow, I know it's a house money deal because if you lose now, of course, you don't want to lose 34-10. But if you lose a close game or let's say some of these mistakes seem to roost, whether it be Burrow throwing a pick six or a costly fumble there, let's say midway through the third quarter when you're down by 10. And unfortunately, those things happen where uh, they're going to be gut punches but we know that you're on the road obviously Tennessee's the one seed I'm sure you're going into this game just a little bit tempered knowing that last week you figured that hey I feel good about my team we're at home we should win the game please sports gods let's have that win where going into the game tomorrow you're thinking the opposite not to say you're wishing anything bad's gonna happen if something bad does happen you're gonna be like oh of course but knowing that the expectations aren't as high as they were this week as opposed to last week. Yeah, I mean it's it's funny you bring that up because I'm saying I'm thinking to myself, I said, you know, the, the at least from a fan's perspective, your mentality heading into last week's game was we've had a great season, but if we lose Saturday, you yeah. hate to sound harsh, but the season would be considered in, 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 the, in the realm of the franchise. Not necessarily that specific 2021 team, but you look at it within the realm of the Bengals franchise. You would look at it if we were if we would have lost last week. You would have looked at it as a relative failure, another chapter of the Bengals playoff futility in the history of the franchise. Not with that specific team, for that specific team, for that locker room. I wouldn't have screamed and yelled if Zach Taylor would have said you know, we kind of look at this season as a success because of, because of where that specific group was a season ago and two seasons ago. Yes, it is a success, but to a Bengals fan, we would have looked at it at least in that very moment in the immediate aftermath of last weekend, we would have looked at, we would have looked at our season as a failure. 
because it would have yeah. been like, yeah, everything, you know, knew this, knew that. Everything's new. Everything's different. We had a great season, but it but it ended the same way it did with Marvin Lewis and Andy Dalton and not winning a playoff game. Thank God we don't have to have that conversation. But adding to your point with the Bengals in this game coming up against Tennessee, you know, they as a team, they're playing with house money. Now, mm-hmm. now it might be now it might be a weird thing where as the you know, where where the fans have less pressure on them as fans where if they lose it's not the end of the world it's still a great season and the players it's with every game the play the pressure with within them may mount and mount and with every game the pressure within the fan base you know kind of dips so it's kind of like it's kind of like an escalator passing each other with one's slowly going up and the other one's slowly going down but you know and you felt going into this game that out of everybody involved with the Cincinnati Bengals franchise who had the most pressure was the fans. The fans were the ones that felt the pressure of not winning a playoff game in 31 years. Burrow, Taylor, Chase, Hendrickson, nobody cared within that locker room about that drought. They were like, we're going to go out there. It's a playoff game. When I go home, we've kind of been in playoff mode essentially since the Denver Bronco game, the first game after the 49er overtime debacle, put up a shut up time. We just go out there, play Bengal football, go out there and win the football game. So I don't, so they, and I said it going in that Zach Taylor and the boys, they're going to be ready to play. They're not going to be flat. They're not going to be uninspired. They're not going to uh, be, de- you know, dead man walking a bunch of zombies walking out of the locker room like the Cowboys were in their game against San Francisco. So I knew they were going to be ready to play, and I knew they were going to be inspired and have that uh, about them. But, you know, it's they're playing with house money from here on out. You know, they, they, lo- they, they lose tomorrow. God forbid, knock on wood. You know, I'd hate it. But, you know, you know, you wake up Sunday morning, you wake up Monday morning, you know, in the middle of the off season, it's like, our, we, that, that was, you say to yourself, that really, what, that's a hell of a season that we had our season. Our season was a success, you know, and, it, and if they lose in the AFC championship game, it'd be 10 times more painful because oh. you'd be right there <laughs> from going exactly. to the Super Bowl. Yeah. But it'd be, season would be a success. Or if, you know, and I and I would take this if they got Super Bowl and lost it. It would suck. Oh. It would suck really. But that that two weeks of knowing that you're in the Super Bowl would be would be so like fantastic for all the heartache and pain that you've gone through. At least in my at least with me and oh, my yeah. experience of being a Bengals fan, losing in the Super Bowl, whether it be to the Packers or whoever, it would be worth it. And even it'd be like, damn, we lost Super Bowl, but then like a month later, it'd be like. We made it to the like you'd be more <laughs> proud of the fact that you made it more than upset about the fact that you lost it. So they're playing with house money, you know. They they can go out there and go out there and play and play their game and say, we're going to do this, 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 and this. We're going to push all our chips on the other table. And if we win this game and we and we play one extra game next week, whether it be in Buffalo or at Kansas City in a rematch against the Chiefs, then so be it. If we give it our best shot and we fall out and we and we come up short be disappointing it would be upsetting at least i know to the players and the coaches because they want to win a super bowl in the worst way they don't care about you know about moral victories and all that sort of stuff you know so they want to win a super bowl in the worst way which i love about them because they have that mindset within themselves that they believe they can do it which i think is the is the most dangerous aspect to this Bengal team uh heading into tomorrow's game but as a fan 
If they if they win, fantastic. We're one win away from the AFC Championship and one win away from going to the Super Bowl. You know, you make it as far as like that that quote unquote final four of 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 the of NFL, NFL. teams and, mm-hmm. and and the and the and you made it to the to the championship to decide who's the best thing in our conference. But if they lose in a valiant effort Saturday, it would suck. It would stink for twelve hours. But you had yourself a hell of a season. You won 10 games. You won your, you won your division. Complete turnaround from the previous two seasons combined put together, and you won a playoff game. Quite frankly, after all us Bengals fans have been through, at least, in, and I'm a young kid, in my lifetime, I've endured playing a heartache. Forget the Bengals fan that, that goes back, to, you know, that has experienced every single one of the last 31 years without a playoff victory. You, you, you can't scream and yell. All, all, all you can do, though, heading into 2022 is that we expect big things. We, oh, know, yeah. we, know, we know what you're capable of. We expect big things next year. Right, exactly. So you know that you're going to be the hunted, not the huntee anymore at that point. But right. now it's interesting. I want to go back and talk about your first recollection, especially when it comes to Bengals and being in the postseason. I was thinking about this prior to our discussion. Was the first playoff game that you watched the game against the Jets? I believe that was 2009, and you probably would have been, what, I believe seven years old, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Now, was that your first foray yes. into Bengal? Okay, now, yes. what do you remember about that day, that game? And granted, of course, you're not going to break the game down as a seven-year-old the way you would now, but kind of take us back to that first experience of watching a Bengal playoff game, your team, and how it all unfolded to the point where, where you look back now as a young adult to say, geez, uh, that, that was losing is tough now, but back then as a seven-year-old, how was that? I remember that game. I remember Shane Graham missing two field goals that we needed because uh, we were playing catch-up for you know, the entire game. And I remember the sight of like when the game was over, like when there was no chance of us coming back. I remember the sight on the sideline of Chad Johnson crying on the shoulder of one of his teammates because Chris Henry had died earlier that season. Yeah, slim. Uh huh. Exactly. He had died earlier that season. So it was like a really emotional like year for that team. And I remember Henry dying. And I remember, you know, that playoff game and Shane Graham missing the two field goals. And, and then I remember like seeing the sight of Chet Johnson crying on a player's shoulder on the sidelines. And I remember at the same time, me just, just bawling. I was like, oh, we lost the playoff game. It's like, oh, yeah. like, it's like, because, 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 like, you're not going to, because, like, it's set saying you're not going to win the Super Bowl. You're not going to go to the Super Bowl. And, 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 you know, that's your, and I think more the pain of it than not at that age is that, is that you want to see your favorite team so playing, like, like your season's. It's over, you know, there there is no next week, you know, right. until September the following year. But that that hurt. And I also remember, you know, the week before we had played the Jets on Sunday night football. Mm-hmm. And that was a game that we uh and that was a game that if we would have won it, won that game, we wouldn't have had to play the Jets next week. And right. you know, losing to the Jets back to back home and away on NBC both times, no less. It was like, yep. oh, my goodness gracious. And in 2010, we, you know, 2010, we were just a garbage football team. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I remember in better detail as a seven-year-old than I probably should of that Jets playoff game in January of 2010. Oh, that's good. And then, obviously, as we – not that we're going to go through every 
Bengal playoff loss where it was a two against Houston. Obviously, the San Diego Chargers at the time. Uh, I won't even bring up the Steeler game. But now you get to that point where you finally taste that victory and then you have tomorrow. And listen, I like your team's chances. We know about their offense. Obviously, you've highlighted who the stars are on that uh, star-studded offense. But now, to me, the key is who's going to be the guy that's going to step up tomorrow defensively to either slow down or even, dare I say, try to stop Derrick Henry, who's going to be starting tomorrow. Uh, of course, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, we get it. Ryan Tannehill is not Dan Marino. He's not going to be confused with those guys. But if the running game is going, who knows? We know it's going to open up the passing game. So my thing is to you, Jai, who is going to be the one guy on defense that the people out there are going to be watching who aren't familiar with the Bengal defense are going to have to really keep their eyes on to be the guy who's going to either slow down or wreck the game or be the one focal point of trying to beat the Titans tomorrow afternoon? Well, no Larry Ogunjobi tomorrow is a huge, 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 tremendous loss. Um, and that and that really puts the old killer and stinger into our chances heading into tomorrow's festivities. A player that I – two players that I would keep an eye on, um, especially if Tennessee is in a situation where they can't rely on Derrick Henry and they got to play from a lead and the ball has to be in Tannehill's hands. Two players – one from the defensive front and one in the secondary. One from this, one from the defensive front is Trey Hendrickson. You right. want to talk about an absolutely phenomenal uh, free agency signing. The way that he is able to get to the quarterback as an edge rusher coming as the as an edge rusher trying to defeat the tackles to get to. I mean, I I mean just his uh, his quick hands, his arm movement, and just the speed and how much ground he covers. I mean, he finds the quarterback at least once every single game he finds him he you know he he although he didn't record a sack against Mahomes when we played him a few weeks ago he he laid a couple of good licks on Mahomes he had a streak we went eight nine ten or so games whatever it was with record with recording a sack so I mean this he is the you and you can even make the argument this season not just heading into this game but all throughout the season that he is the most valuable player not named Joe Burrow or Jamar Chase on his football team. He has been, and you can also make the argument that he is just as much, a, if not more of a important or slash valuable offseason acquisition than it was drafting Chase because he has been a complete, he has been a tremendous difference maker on defense. The Bengals were one of the worst football teams the last two seasons in 19 and 20 as far as getting after the quarterback. This season, the tables have turned and they're like top 15. They're top 15 at the worst off the top of my head as far as uh, as far as uh, sacks recorded by their defensive front. Uh, so keep an eye out on him. And if the game and if the game gets tight and if they, you know, he made an excellent play in the first half, strip sacking Derek Carr, which if the Bengals would have put the ball in the end zone in the latter stages of the game, you could say that could have been the whole, that could have been a turning point had the Bengal game result in the block. That could have been the turning point and having the game, you know, being be a Cincinnati route because Raiders get the ball back coming off of Cincinnati's, uh, you know, coming off of Cincinnati's uh, touchdown possession. And then here comes Trey Hendricks right behind Derek Carr, strip sacks him, Larry, Larry Ogan, Joby falls on it for the fumble recovery to give the Bengals excellent field position. So if, it's, so if the time is there and if the game kind of flows the right way where Tennessee is playing from a deficit, 
And Ryan Tannehill has to make plays with his arm to win the game. Keep an eye on Trey Hendrickson coming around the edge and looking to force the football out and trying to make and trying to make plays on that defensive on that defensive end position. Another player I'd keep an eye on from a defensive perspective for Cincinnati is Jesse Bates, who had an absolutely phenomenal. He had two clutch deflections throughout the uh, throughout the late in the throughout uh, late in the fourth quarter. One of them throughout the final drive, I think it was either the play or two prior to that fourth down interception by uh, that fourth down interception by Pratt to, to uh, ice the game. You know, he, you know, he, his, his numbers per se compared to last year are, are, are relatively down, but, you know, as the season's gone on and as the games have gotten more important, you have seen him. If you've seen, if you've watched the Cincinnati Bengals play a bunch and if paid more attention, if you paid a lot of attention to him as of late within the last couple of games or so, he is, he is making an impact out there on the field and more ways than just racking up interceptions after right pass deflections uh good good uh good tackling in the open field tight coverage making quarterbacks you know throw the football away or 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 looking away from from looking away from the receiver that Bates is covering he has done a phenomenal job with the, just within the last month alone so keep again if 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 the opportunity, not the opportunity, but if it gets to a point in the game where Tannehill has to make plays with his arm, expect the playmakers on the Cincinnati Bengals defense, in light of no Ogan Jopi, to uh, to be able to make to be able to step up and make plays. Mike Hilton, who had a nice deflection uh, to begin the, to uh, to close the 49 the 49ers, the Raiders opening offensive drive in the first quarter. Uh, Wuzier has been has uh, has uh, played well as of as of recently. If the moment, that's why if you're Tennessee, it's make it's make Cincinnati it's make Cincinnati play from a deficit and make sure you get the lead early and make sure you hold on to it for as long as you possibly can because because if you have to play catch up, especially you know with all due respect to Ryan Tannehill. I don't think that's a matchup that the Titans can easily can easily win if they have to play from a deficit and essentially have to play the way the Raiders play and essentially have to have to have to keep pace with Cincinnati and or chase them in the uh, in the point column. I don't th- I don't think when the chips are down at Tennessee can stick with Cincinnati when it comes to uh, when it comes to chasing them to try to take a lead later in the game because because once Cincinnati gets a lead gets a substantial lead you don't have to worry about are they going to is it going to be bro to chase to keep on racking up the points or are they going to give the ball to Jamar Chase Jamar Chase to Mixon to have him right. work the clock so you have that two facet approach as well and I don't even know what the weather's going to be like tomorrow I'm sure you've been on top of it as far as what the temperature if there's going to be any precipitation because obviously that's going to factor in you would think not necessarily the cold but let's say if it is a rainy sloppy game where you know that the titans are going to try to run the ball even with derrick henry coming back after being on the show for the last whatever six seven weeks uh do you look at henry being as that threat knowing that his legs are fresh but it is a foot you know it's not as if he's coming back and he had let's say ribs or anything like that where it's all predicated on how he pushes off on the, on those feet. So what is your concern about his presence tomorrow? Do you think he's going to come back full throttle hundred percent? Or do you think he's going to be more of a decoy and a guy that, yeah, he's going to get his touches, but maybe won't have as much of an impact on the game as he normally would. Yeah. And uh, getting to your point with the temperature, it's sunny, high of 44% uh, chance precipitation. 
on Saturday for the game. So, all right. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, but getting to your point about about, uh, Derrick Henry, I brought this up on my show. You know, the Titans is going to be interesting. You know, they, they, he's, he's going to be fresh. He's, you know, as far as like his lungs, the fact that his stamina is going to, his stamina is going to be there. But as far as like physically and the wear and tear of, of all of a sudden putting him back into that grind where he's just, where he's the workhorse and he's rarely taking breaks on the sideline and he's touching the football 20, 20, 20, 20, 25-plus times a game, be very intriguing and interesting to see because you have to keep into into account, Jason, that he hasn't played since Halloween. He has not played a game since since October, since week eight. It is, if you want to go by the week count, it's week 20 of the National Football League season as a whole, regular season playoff com- playoffs combined. So he has not played in 12 weeks. I understand he's a running back, so it's not necessarily, you know, the same thing as a wide receiver, you know, the route tree and, and getting back that, that rhythm with your quarterback. But, you know, Titans have a dilemma. You know, are you going to ground and pound essentially make the Bengals stop Derrick Carey by giving him the football, you know, 95% of the time with minimal breaks, but then you also keep into account, okay, suppose that works, suppose you win. How's Derrick Carey going to feel, you know, come, uh, you know, come Tuesday, Wednesday, a new week heading into a new week of practice, having to prepare for Buffalo or Kansas City heading into the AFC championship game. And if he's if he's not the best, but he is able to maintain and he is somewhat productive in the AFC championship game, you went to and you go to Super Bowl, how's he going to be heading into the Super Bowl? So, so it's a, so from a Tennessee perspective, it's not just a regular season game where you can kind of manage them, you know, and kind of, you know, it's, it's a, it's a phrase that's used, not just out. It's, it's a phrase that's used in the sports world outside of baseball, keep on a quote unquote pitch clock. Uh, You know, like I saw, like I saw, I watched the Warriors and Pacers game uh, last night on Thursday night and you know how they have a minutes restriction on Clay Thompson. You know, they get the Warriors and get away with that because, you know, they, because they because they've played so well prior to Clay getting back. And we right. all know that the Warriors are going to be there come springtime when it comes to competing for best record in the Western Conference that they can afford to have him not play 30 plus minutes a night on a, on a night and night out basis in January. So then make sure that they have them in late February, March, April and May. They and, and it's and it's regular season basketball where if you lose, it's not the end of the world. Playoff football, it's honestly it's a difference of sports, but it's it's still the same concept. It's not regular season, you know, you get them back week 15, week 16, where you know you lose the game. It's not you lose a game, it's not the end of the season. You still have next week, you still you're still guaranteed another whole week of practice, everything else. We have where he has an opportunity to work out the kinks. You know, he's going to have to work out the kinks and also and they also going to have to manage their carry on top of that as the game goes along. And when it comes to if they are fortunate to win Sunday and, and, and keep on playing through the AFC championship game. So they're going to have to manage his workload 
to the point where it to come at come at with perspective where if we win this game, we want to make sure we have Derrick Henry for next week because it serves you no purpose for you to wear him out his first game back Saturday. You win the game and then you go into and then you either have Buffalo or or Kansas City come into your building again and Derrick Henry essentially is only good for is only good for like 10 carries and only must musters up three and a half yards. Like, like what, what, what good and what benefit would he be to that offense and what benefit would it be to the Titans offensive game plan? If they wear Derek Henry out on Saturday, and then if they're fortunate to play next Sunday, they, they don't have him or they have him, but, 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 but he's feeling the wear and tear of him getting his legs back under him for, for, for having 12 months, for having 12 weeks off. So it's an interesting dynamic of how the Titans have to play to win and use your best player in Henry when you need him, but also not go overboard and kicking into overdrive to, to the point where you're, where you're compromised if you win Saturday, you're compromised for the AFC championship game. Interesting that, dynamic on how Vrabel and that offensive coaching staff are are and have to handle Derrick Henry coming his way back into the offensive fold. I agree, and especially if they have a lead. Uh, of course, hopefully that doesn't happen for your sake, but if they do have a lead, and especially you get into the second half, and let's say it's 24-14 and all they want to do is pound the rock and just give it to them, the usage of Henry is going to be fascinating from that regard to see, yes, he'll probably be able to carry the mail from that point to the end of the game, but will he be overused to the point where a, he may get re-injured or B considering he's not in game shape, granted 12 weeks off. We know he's an athlete, et cetera, but yeah, that's fascinating from that regard. Two others also, before I let you go. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Also keep this in mind as well. And I just thought, and I just thought about it just as you, just when you were saying something, you know, how will it also affect the Titans offensive game plan because of, because what will it affect, you know, will they throw the ball in situations where they traditionally and really should be running it? And and if the game's tight in the fourth quarter, will they put the ball in Tannehill's hands for him to make plays with his arm to put the game away where traditionally they'll give it off to Henry, but they won't because they, because they fear playing with a lead, give them as much rest as they possibly can essentially playing to protect their hide for next week. That is that I just, I just thought about that. How will they, how will they game plan you on a third and short or whatever? Will they, will they put the ball in Tannehill's hands for him to to get a first down to put the game away in normal situations where they say, Hey, Henry, you know, you take it, you, you win us this football game. And, you know, will will the fact that it be, you know, the fact that the, that the Titans on paper have the inferior quarterback to Cincinnati, will that come back to bite him in the ass? Right. And then the other thing is, too, that we kind of get lost in this whole shuffle is that, right, we expect Henry to play. He's going to start, et cetera. But the other kid, Deontay Foreman, has actually shown that he is a capable back. Now, of course, he's no Derrick Henry, but he's not a slouch either. So you kind of wonder if they're going to put Henry in those short yardage spots where, you know, it's third and one and they need to get that first down or will they use Foreman there? So that's going to be an interesting test match between the Bengals and their defense and defense coordinator going up against Vrabel and that whole dynamic with Henry being either a large part or a large focal point of that game or just a guy that's, yeah, he's going to get his touches, but not to the point where they may exhaust him 
for that game and then if they do win moving forward. So right. uh, I, I know your time is precious, so I got two more for you. Right. Uh, as a young fan, back in the day, I know that if I was in your shoes, I'd, I'm all consumed about this game tomorrow. I would be thinking about it nonstop, and I understand you can regurgitate all the narratives. You could watch all the pregame shows. I don't know if you're into that. I know back in the day I used to watch all that stuff. And it's one of those things where I'll go to bed laying there looking at the ceiling and I wouldn't fall asleep because I'd just be so wrapped up in this game waiting to see what is going to happen. Will you have a sleepless night tonight or will you just go about it thinking that let me just take a deep breath and tomorrow I'll just get my blood boiling waiting for 4.30 tomorrow? Um, it's funny you bring that up because, you know, the Friday, last Friday night, I did not have a, a, uh, a great night of sleep. I uh-huh. didn't. Now, it wasn't necessary because of the fact that uh, the Bengals game was the fact that last Friday I went out uh, I went out to go uh, eat and go see that Kurt Warner movie by the, that new Kurt Warner movie, oh, yeah. by the way, which which was very underwhelming, not good. Uh, oh. with, one of, with, <laughs> with one of my old uh, buddies from middle school, and I got homely, and it took me a while for me to kind of like wind myself down for the night. And then I, you know, got up early and made sure all of my house chores and everything were out of the way, right? Because I wanted to make sure, you know, come up. An hour, half hour prior to the game, I was able to get myself situated. Right. But you know, hopefully, I'll be able to. I'm not. I'm not as nervous. Last week, I was. I was more nervous than I was excited. This week, I'm, I'm nervous. Of, I'm nervous on the aspect of our season could end tomorrow. But as far as the game itself, it, again, I, I I told myself and I told my I told my brother and sister who you know have been Jai you excited? Yes, I and I've been telling them I said, guys, we we beat the Raiders from here on out. We're playing with house money and everything else is is gravy. Yeah. So I so for the moment, I'm at the time I'm talking to you. I'm relatively calm. Good for I you. By like by like three thirty, four o'clock, the nerves, the blood pressure, knowing what's at stake. You know, it's it's gonna. I'm a, I'm gonna be all. I'm gonna be bouncing off the walls. But as of this moment, about 24 hours away from away from the game, I, I'm even keeled. I'm calm, cool, collected. Again, everything else from here on out is all gravy. That's good. And I got a one A question before I get to my last question. Do you absolutely? And I know I couldn't even now. And I've watched, of course, sports and especially particular football all these years and I can't eat during a game. Do you eat during a game by any chance? It's funny that you say that because <laughs> this seat, this season, for whatever the reason, and, and I swear to you, this is like, this is like by happenstance, this is accidental. For whatever the reason, this season, I have not eaten a ton during games. Good for you. Uh, <laughs> I have now, it's funny. Now week one is because week one, it was because of the fact that uh that i stayed extra you know helping out at at, uh at church so i was more caught up making sure i was in front of a tv rather than having my my uh my my face stuffed week two against chicago i don't think i ate anything until uh, until closer to halftime week three with pittsburgh i week three with pittsburgh i had a halftime week three pittsburgh i had a halftime the uh, the Jaguar game I ate before the game, and the only thing I had during the game was sunflower seeds 
and then I've kind of like lost track in it. I didn't eat during the Steeler game. I didn't eat during the Bronco game. Uh, when I went to the when I actually went to the Ravens Bengals game here in Baltimore, I did not eat until the game was over, which oh. was all I all I did was just chew gum the entire time. I didn't <laughs> eat anything, didn't drink anything, nothing. The second Bengal, uh, the second Bengal Raven game, I didn't eat until dinner. So I didn't. So I essentially went like the whole day without eating. Um, and then last week I didn't eat until last week I didn't eat now as of the last seven to 10 days or so I've been doing like this fast for church, you know, bringing close to God, everything else. That's cool. And so, so I, so I, like I picked, I don't eat from, from six in the morning to six at night. The game started at 4 30 last week and if i wasn't doing a fast probably would have eaten anyway because my nerves would have just been off the wall yeah but and then and then once the game was still going on it was after six o'clock i was like well i'll eat once the game is over so i ate during pittsburgh pittsburgh during uh, new england buffalo last week and today or excuse me tomorrow saturday will probably be the same thing where i'll drink you know have like a, a mountain dew or or water or whatever and then once the game and then once it's like after six o'clock, if if the game's tight, I probably won't eat and, and probably won't like have like my first meal of the day until uh, 49ers Packers kicks off. But for whatever the reason, it's been a theme this season where I typically ha- do not eat a lot during my, during my team's games. No, and to me, it makes sense, especially in the playoffs, because th- there were times that I would watch. Believe it or not, there's actually a huge Steeler bar that I used to go to from friends going back to the nineties and I would see other people and and listen, anybody could eat during a game, but it's a playoff game. It's like, you're really watching every play and you're just cheering and going crazy. And there's people eating wings and all. I was like, how could you eat while you're watching this game? So I just figured, and that was me even as in my thirties and forties, but I just figured as a young fan, because I know even at your age, there was no way that I would eat. I don't care if I hadn't eaten throughout the whole day, whether it was a night game, obviously you could pretty much get away with, uh, a one o'clock game, but considering four o'clock, if you have lunch, it bleeds into dinner. I was just curious to know whether or not you ate, but good for you. I would say yeah. continue that trend because if that's and not to get into superstitions, but if it's a thing where, hey, if you haven't eaten, go another game. Who knows if that takes you next week to either Buffalo or Kansas City, then I'm sure you'd sign up for that. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Super, Super Bowl though, Super Bowl will be like the exact opposite. Where I'll probably eat all day leading into the Super Bowl, and then once six forty comes, that's you it. Know, not eat, not eat anything until either halftime with the long halftime. If we make it to the Super Bowl, that right, we're willing, or until after the game is over. But that's it. And then my last one, Jai. How do you think this is going to all play out? I know I was going to get into the whole. Division around weekend, but obviously this is all about the Bengals. It's all about your fandom. It's all about everything that's led up to this. Obviously, the years of suffering, even though you're a young fan, but knowing that from the time you were seven to that Jet game to now that you finally got that playoff win under your belt, and here we are on the eve of the division around game. How do you think it's going to play out? And I know your objective. Of course, in your heart, you're going to say the Bengals, and rightfully so, but do you see this being – uh, game in the 20s? Is it the first team to 24 wins? Do you see this maybe even going into overtime? Or how do you think it's going to play out tomorrow? It might It might not be first team to 24. I think it could be the first team to 28. Mm. I think I think the final score of this game has, you know, 28-24, 28-21, 28-20 written all over it. And uh, 
it's I, I do, it's your heart says one thing, but your head has a suspicion that it's going to go the other way. So. Of course, human nature. Oh, you have to make a prediction. I'm just wondering how you, if you're going to play out that way in favor of either one. That's yeah. fine because I understand you don't want to have the bravado. You don't want to, and that's good because I love that because. I mean, I can imagine over the years dealing with certain Steeler fans or dealing with Patriot fans or dealing with guys, ah, yeah, we're going to win. This is like, oh, shut up. We don't want to hear what you have to say. Where you know that you're just remaining grounded as possible, that, yes, it could be 28-20 Cincinnati, but it could also be 28-24 Tennessee, et cetera. So, hey, if that's how you think it's going to shake out, a game like that with a first to 28, then so be it. And that's cool, man. I certainly wouldn't want you to throw – any caution yeah. to the wind when it comes to your it, it, will, it will be it will be first to 28 and it will be a, just an absolute dog fight from beginning to end like it, it will be it will be one of those those gutty gritty grinded out old-fashioned nfl playoff games like the, like like the largest lead throughout the sequence of the game the largest lead that you will see tomorrow afternoon this is a prediction that i will openly without fear of contradiction make the largest lead you will see in tomorrow's game will be seven no team will lead i'm putting right down right now no team will lead will have a lead larger than seven than, than one touchdown than seven points throughout the entire game i hope that's the case because even though the ratings are through the roof but the nfl needs it we don't need any more blowouts we don't need any more games where they're just two lead changes throughout the whole weekend out of all the six games you only had two lead changes i hope that tomorrow kicks off on the right note and you know i'm rooting for you guys man i am i hope the bengals go all the way to super bowl and i hope that they win because for you and for my two other bengal buddies it would be something that hopefully then i'll have you all back on to share and talk about it because and that's not putting the cart before the horse but that's what I'm Absolutely. saying. Out of, out of all the teams that are left, I'm rooting for the Bengals big time. So good luck tomorrow, Jai. You know, I'll be thinking about you the whole time. And, uh, of course, who they, who they, who they say going to beat them Bengals. I cannot believe I just heard a Steelers fan That's say right. That. Hey. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think the word just came down from the uh, from the local jurisdiction of the city of Pittsburgh that you're banned from their city oh. for, the next, for the next year for saying that. But, but you are <laughs> – you're an excellent guy, Jason. Excellent man. Excellent oh, thank uh, you, sir. Sports, so are you. sports talk, sports talk host. And I appreciate you for saying that. So hopefully the impossible happens and my Cincinnati Bengals will make a run and will be playing at SoFi for Super Bowl 56. Hopefully. I hope that that's the case, man. As always, thank you so much. I appreciate your time and uh, go Bengals tomorrow. You got it, Jason. Thanks for having me on. So on the line here, I have not only a dear friend, but one of my dearest friends in life. And granted, it's been many years since we've reconnected, but we go back over a quarter century. Yeah. And of course, I'm going to say your full name because I'm just yeah, do the main you. name. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So uh, my dear friend Risa Saslo, who is from Cincinnati, who Woo! is a diehard Bengal fan. Diehard. And with her and a lot of the stories that she has to share with that, they could be very intriguing for the listeners out there. I do want to go back to when we first met, which was September 1996. And mind you, the spirit of Brian Murray is with us, which I know he'll probably say, damn, or say, why didn't you call me to be a part of this? Which hopefully one day he will. But 
New York City, yep. 1996, Upper West Side, in a place called yep. Blondies, the original Blondies. The original Blondies. Yes, and I see this woman. Mind you, this Blondies is a Steeler bar in New York City. If you recall, it was mostly Steeler I don't remember being a Steeler bar, but I remember there being a lot of Steelers there, yeah. Right, so... What I happened? just remember being excited that I could find a bar that played every game, including the Stinky Bengals, who in the 90s, we know were the losingest of the decade. So anyway, so yes. go ahead. Keep talking. So with that being said, so now I see this woman with a Bengal jersey, number 21, which at the time. James I know, Brooks. Yes, exactly. Running back. And it was a thing where I had to approach you because I didn't know of any Bengal fans. Now, mind you, that was what, 96, I was 27 years old, but still, Bengal fan anywhere in the <laughs> northeastern corridor? It's not so easy. I will shut up, and what did I say to you upon <laughs> our first meet that fateful day in September 96? If I'm not mistaken, I mean, there were two things you said, and I think I'm going to get the order correctly. You said, first of all, I had to come over and meet you because you are a Bengals fan. And I mean, I just got respect for that. You, this is a tough team and you're sitting here watching them, cheering for them, loving them. And I just, you know, I've never seen it. You were basically that. And you said, but more importantly, you are a woman who loves football and yes. I need to talk to you or be friends with you or I don't remember what you said after that but I just love that you came over to me and approached me because you were like the, the I cannot believe you're a Bengals fan much less a woman who's like a diehard real football fan which was something I dealt with a lot because people always just assume you know oh you just want to watch the game because you know whatever but no I was born and raised a Bengals fan. I was the youngest of three girls. And my dad looked at me and said, you're going to be my son and love football. And plus my parents says sad, but a good thing came. I got divorced when I was a young girl, like 10, 13, whatever. And I spent Sundays with my father. And what you do on Sundays is you watch football. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it actually became a bond between us. And I mean, my dad was a season ticket holder for the Bengals since 1971. So anyway, wow. you came up to me and said those things. And yes, I was wearing my James Brooks jersey, which I still have, by the way. Look at that. Um, and I don't even think it says Brooks on the back. I think it literally is just 21. They didn't even put the names on back then. Right. Um, and I've had that jersey forever and ever. Um, but yeah, that's what you said to me. Is that yes. how you remember it? Uh, absolutely, 100%. And before we even talk about the Bengals of today and, of course, the eve of the matchup between the Bengals and Titans in the divisional round, uh, what was your first recollection of the Bengals? Obviously, it was through your dad, considering that yeah. he had season tickets in 71. But is there was there a game, was there a moment that, I don't want to say made you gravitate toward, because like you said, you were like the son that he never had. So it was a thing right. where that's it. But well, what was the one recollection that you had of becoming a baby? I, mean, I have a lot of recollections, but my I see one of my recollections may not be mine. It's my dad's recollection, but he remembers taking me to the games. I think he would alternate taking different one of because I'm one of three kids. And I think sometimes my sisters went, but he would take me and I was so young. I was like 10 or nine or he was just trying to get me engaged. So he handed me a stopwatch. And he used to tell me, and it's, by the way, this is why I think I always loved Jim Breach and I love the kickers, which is a weird people to love. Number he would three, hand me yeah. a stopwatch and tell me to time the punts so we could 
see because my dad thought he was like the coach or something when you know, right. we're up in the nosebleeds and he's timing the punts. But he wanted to get me involved and he wanted to get me interested in the game and everything. So whether we were home watching or we were at the stadium, he would hand me that stopwatch and tell me from the time he kicked the ball to hit it. You know, he called it hang time. And hang time. Talk yep. to me about hang time. And, you know, I mean, I don't. So th that was one of my vivid memories. And I just, you know, I guess it just interested me. I've always remembered I did it. And then he used to tell the story that he remembers the little girl holding the stopwatch, you know, telling him the hang time and look how good it was or whatever to saying, hey, daddy, is uh, is Munoz in a left hand stance or a right hand stance or, you know, that's his version of the story. I think, you know, he where he said I got to such a point from listening and getting engaged that I noticed little things about the game and I was way more interested. But um, I also just remember before Boomer. <laughs> When Boomer was first with us, I think he was a third string or something. We all just used to yell, put in Boomer. It was just so funny. This was It was in the 80s, you know, at some point. I don't know. It's just, I don't I remember that too. But going to the game, I think freezing and holding a stopwatch and timing it. Like, I know that's a weird reason to get connected, but I think it was a reason I always liked the kickers. I was always a fan of the kickers. So that's it. Jim Breach was uh, pretty much Jim Breach, your... if you ask me who my favorite Bengal was for the longest time, from young age to adulthood, I probably would have said number three, Jimmy Breach. Look at so, that. Weird, weird person with his 1970s mustache. Weird yes. person to love. But that I think it was because I was tied to the game from that stopwatch. Even though that was the punter, it just it identified me to the kickers, you know. I don't think Jim punted, but nonetheless. No. No, I don't think he did. But nonetheless, it tied me in. And I just, and I don't know. I don't know why I love the kickers. I think, you know what it was? I thought I could be a kicker. Oh. I thought if I was going to play football, number one, I didn't want to get hit. So I could be a kicker. And number two, I had a good foot in soccer. So I was like, oh, I could be a kicker. I wanted to be the girl on the high school team, you know, who was the kicker on the football team, you know, the only girl on the team. Right. So there you go. All right. Now let's go back because that first Super Bowl, which was 1981, and of course, I know before we started yeah. recording this, I know you mentioned the famed freezable 59 below. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Now, do you remember that game? Do you remember the, the wind? Did you remember how the city was? I don't know if I was at that game. I feel like I was, but I'm not sure I was. I doubt my mother would have let me go. I was 10 years old or nine years old, but I know my father was there. I just don't know wow. who went with him. But no, I know he was there. He talked about it forever. You know, he's not with us anymore. Mm. I mean, I just know that it was cold. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember anything. I was young. I'm sorry. I can't no, remember of course. specifically. All right. So what about two weeks later with the Super Bowl? Because I'm sure that had to be a big thing. Well, and my parents went, you know, I stayed home. You know, oh, did they? Parents, I didn't know that. They Why didn't did take me. No, no. That, you know, I mean, I'm sure it was really expensive back then. And so Cincinnati to Detroit, it was in Detroit. And I think they yep. drove. And um, I remember staying home and having like a babysitter or something and watching the game and they lost and just being, I remember the goal line stance. I mean, yes. of course, Ken Anderson. I mean, again, I was 10. Like, it's hard to remember stuff from them. But I remember, and I remember my older sister's being super depressed when we lost because even though they weren't into it as much as I was, everybody in my household was a Bengals fan. Like you right. didn't live in that house. Unlike my house where I let my kid choose. Right. I'm joking. But they don't, we, you were a Bengals. That house was a Bengals house. We didn't follow any other sport, but we followed football and it, we were, the whole family was, we were Bengals fans. So it was bummer. It was a bummer. And I remember feeling bad for my dad and thinking about them driving home depressed. <laughs> no, I was not at that Super Bowl. I was at Super Bowl 23. Well, well, obviously we're going to get to that because now we'll fast forward to, and that was at the beginning of the decade. So now as we get toward the end, and that was the 19, uh, 1988, I was going to say 98. Right. The 1988 season. Oh, 
Right. But before the 88 season, I used to go to the games all the time, all the time, all the time. And I'm not kidding. When we were like, I remember us yelling, put in Boomer when we first got him. And I remember Boomer going in the first time and everybody being like, Boomer, let's, they we just liked his name. My dad sat next to this, you know, we like the fans, like we were, they were like a family because again, wow. there were season ticket holders. Everybody was same people all the time. I mean, these people became like, you know, it's probably like the, you know, it's like, it's awesome. And we would, Jerry Davis would yell, put in Boomer. You know, it was just so funny. Sorry. I don't know why I remember that. No, but, that, no that's great. It's just memories yeah. of, uh, okay. So the 88 uh, season, right. So now the 88 season. So obviously they had a big year. Boomer was the MVP that year of the league. Of course. I was at every game, right? Every game. No, I went to every game and I saved every ticket stuff. No, that's great. And then obviously you go and beat, I believe it was the bills in the AFC championship game. And now you go to the Super Bowl. So, by the way, what, was that that I'm pretty sure it wasn't 88 the season because I was at the game where Sam Weish got on the mic and was like, "We're not in Cleveland. Don't oh, throw snowballs." That was awesome. Oh, uh, that's on YouTube. I found that not too long ago, and yeah, that is one of the most classic videos. Classic. The, I was the there. Two, the two things I think of. All right, before we even talk about the Super Bowl year, the two things I think of, especially in that Sam Weish era. Mm -hmm. One was that. And I forgot who they were playing against that day, but I uh, the we were playing. Um, Do you remember? I, I want to say the Oilers for some reason, but I don't know. All right. Well, it's funny you mentioned the Oilers. But they were throwing not... snowballs at their helmets from the yeah, end exactly. zone. Right. And yeah. then he got on the microphone. He's like, hey, stop acting like that. You yeah. don't live in we're Cleveland, in blah, Cleveland. blah, blah. And everyone was like, funny... yeah. It was a big rivalry, Cleveland oh, and no. Cincinnati back in the day. Yes, of course. But now, now the other thing is, is that the other game I remember in that era, and it was against the Oilers because that was Jerry Glanville. He was the head coach okay. where at 61-7, Sam Weish, uh, late in the fourth quarter after they scored, I guess, a touchdown or whatever, had an onside kick. Yes. <laughs> I was there, too. Balls. I remember that. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> wow. 61-7. Wow, that's obnoxious. Yes, that's so obnoxious. That's they wouldn't hated. Do, that wouldn't do it today. They wouldn't oh, do never. that today. Yeah, you would never see that. Never see that. No. That's funny. <laughs> that's a good one. I forgot about that. Yeah, so that's the other thing. But now, were you at the – I'm sure you at the AFC Championship game that year. Yeah. All right, what, what do you remember about that day? I don't know if I remember. I just remember every game that year. I think we were 6-0 and that year, and it was like, oh, my God, we're undefeated, you know, 6-0. and It was so amazing, and it was such a great – oh, so great. I was a senior in high school, so I was 17 turning 18. So I was 17 for the season. And I don't know. We were just pumped at every game, even – and, I mean, it was – everything it was just i remember the icky shuffle obviously and all the songs that were going around i don't know if i remember that exact game i'm sorry it's a little blurry i mean i remember the super bowl because that's a little more specific but well that's not let's just segue to that because how i wanted to put it into the context and i kind of hate to put it in this regard because i know this is not the gift that you wanted on that day because january 28th <laughs> 1989 it's my you joe robbie's yes your Turning birthday, 18 years old. And you were at Joe Robbie Stadium. Yep. To watch. And I'll never forget, I was at my cousin JD's watching that game. And oh, JD. Yeah. Yes, you remember my cousin? Yes. Yeah, I remember JD. Yes. So we were watching the game, and the first half was a bore. It was 3-3 at halftime. Well, except it wasn't the beginning um, where Tim Crumry in the leg. Broke his leg, oh, yes. Oh. That, that was gross. Yeah, that was gross. Yes. But it was 3-3. It was a boring. But then the second half started, and the game Stanford was Stanford Jennings. Stanley yes. Wilson or Stanford Jennings? Wait. No, Stanley Wilson was the guy who unfortunately was got kicked out. Right. So Stanford right. Jennings ran back, I think, the kickoff, right? Yes. To start the second half. Exactly. Very good. I remember. I remember. Yes. And of course, back and forth, it was hotly contested. 
And then now you're 18 years old. It's crazy, and right? And by the way, this is what's crazy, right? My father, this biggest football fan in the history of the world, had paid and planned. He was in charge of a ski trip. He was a skier and had paid and planned a ski trip. And so he chose shockingly we won the lottery which is how we got tickets by the way as a season ticket holder you put in to get tickets won the lottery if i'm not mistaken they were a hundred dollars a piece wow um, for the tickets in 1989 well i guess it was yeah 1989 because it was yeah. january and um and he got these tickets and then he found out the date and i was like i'm going like like i don't know what oh, he yeah. was like i'm not going i was like i'm going like you're giving me that ticket and it was you know i'm in cincinnati that's florida we're like who's gonna how am i gonna get to florida so my oddly enough i don't even remember how this happened but my, i have an older sister who's five years older than me so she had a friend who was like in his later 20s maybe 30 he wanted to go he had a place to go in florida so he and i flew down together he was like my chaperone although i was an adult right, right. i was exempt from all my exams. So I was able to skip a whole week of school. And so um, I went down and uh, I stayed with a bunch of my senior citizens relatives down in South, all the New York Jewish ladies from South <laughs> Florida, living in South Florida from New York. And I stayed, they were like 70s, 80s years old. Here's me. Like, and so, yeah, this guy took me to the game, my sister's friend, and I sat with him in the Super Bowl. Can you believe my father did not go? Crazy, crazy, crazy. That's insane. I mean, uh, and I'm shocked considering that. I'm pretty understand. sure he regretted it his whole life. So. Oh, I, even right. Even though the end result, we get it. All right, well, so yeah, now, it yeah. So now I have to ask you. So, so I, I went solo. That's what I'm saying. Like, isn't that crazy? No, that is crazy. But but no, but now. But here's my question to you, which I get it when you're 18 years old and you you're winning. And even though Joe Montana is on the other end, <sighs> do you recall with, I think it was about two and a half minutes to go in the game. Do you recall at that time watching? Did you think in the back of your mind, oh, Jesus, Joe Montana, we're going to lose? Or did you think that you had uh, I'm sure. I, I, you know, I don't remember, but I'm going to tell you something. I am conditioned as a Bengals fan to always think oh, we're going to lose. Right. That is a terrible thing to say, but it is the history of no, the team. Yeah. Now, it's gotten worse since then. So maybe back then it wasn't as bad. But now I'm always in, you know, you, you should see me watching a game with my husband. He gets so mad at me because I'm always so like, oh, they're going to lose or they're going to try to lose or they're going to. It's just years of torment and and, you know painful oh, yeah, like, just, single yeah. following. So maybe back then it wasn't it, but I, I, do, I don't genuinely remember. I'm sure I was optimistic we were going to win, but I'm sure I was terrified because yeah. I mean, I remember how it felt that moment that they went ahead of us with what, how many seconds left in the game? Oh, like, like 16 seconds. Yeah. Something, something not 16. Cause that was his number. I feel like it was 42 seconds or something. Oh, I see. I gotta look that up. Uh, I, I think I want to say it's 14 or 42 or, Something All right, with a I'm, four. Yeah, you got to look that up. I, I will mean, look it's that like up. It should be embedded in my head. Right. But um, I just remember it was painful. <laughs> oh, no, of course. And, yeah. then, and the reason why I asked I'm you sure that, I was yeah. hopeful we were going to win. I'm sure I believed. I was a much, I was more naive back then. I mean, I'm going to take that back. I'm going to take away all those jaded years I said I probably was at. Those jaded years came in the 90s and the 2000s. Oh. So um, I probably was very optimistic. I probably believed we were going to win. And I believe that's why the air was let out of my soul um, in that moment. Was it 42 seconds? I keep thinking 42 seconds. Yeah, I'm still looking for it here. Okay. So, uh, and what I was going to say is I also remember my seats, just so you know, I jokingly said I had the blimp view because I was the second row from the top. So oh, really? I don't, I, yeah, literally the second row from the top, like on the 20, maybe on the 10, you know, so not the best seats ever, but $100. But you're and in the Super Bowl. And that's it. And you're in the building. That's all that matters. I'm in the building. Right. 
But I remember exactly. my blimp view thinking the blimp can see me being desperately sad when they did the blimp view at that. Was it 42 seconds? No, it's actually 34 seconds. Dang so it. you were closer. Yeah, I was. I said 16. I don't know why it was Montana. I knew there was number. a four. I got the four right. I don't yeah. know why I thought 42. Well, 16 was Montana's number, right? So yes. that didn't feel right to me. Right. Yeah, yeah, so 34 seconds. So yes, that was heartbreaking. That was the beginning of the misery of being a Bengals fan. <laughs> yes. No, unfortunately. But at least you were there. And, and that's the thing. You're one of the few people that were there to witness that and – Unfortunately, it was a tough loss. And I remember on that last drive, I believe Barney Bussey actually had a ball in his hands that he could have intercepted and iced the game. But I remember that too. Yeah. Yeah. Switch yeah. that wow, kind of gets forgotten. A name yeah, remember I that name? Heard in a while. Yeah, I do. Sometimes, by the way, when I watch the Bengals today and I see like 33, I'll be like Dave Fulcher, 57, yes. Reggie Williams. Like I will literally call out the names of the 1988 Bengals yeah. who are, you know, the numbers are still wearing because you just, kind of can't help yourself <laughs> like no. that's how important they were that's how it, that's how invested I was in that particular team like by the way but how scary the other day I was watching the game and I saw this man with the cheerleaders and I was like oh how nice they let that man be with the that fan be with the cheerleaders and then it goes icky woods I was like oh yeah. my god <laughs> I, didn't know that was icky. I literally yes. was like I was like great they're letting the fan be with the cheerleaders and he starts doing he starts doing the Iggy. The I think shuffle. Iggy Shuffle is like the dumbest dance ever, but good for him for like making everybody happy. Yeah, and he was in a Geico commercial a few years ago. So no, and I remember when he had to like he would do it in the end zone, but then they started penalizing it. And then they right. ran around, he would run around the sideline. But that's what I remember about the playoff games. I'm sorry, I just remembered something. They instigated a rule, they it, they were they created a rule because the I feel like the nose guard kept faking an injury. Uh, whoever, who did we play in the first round? You said it was the Bills? Uh, no, that was in a championship game. Uh, who was in that first round? The first round. First, yeah. Because they kept faking an injury because we were doing the no-huddle offense. Yes. Sam Weish had created the no-huddle offense. Nobody knew how to deal with it. And they kept the – and so it was like the fans were going nuts. That's what I remember about being at those games because it was BS – that they yeah. were faking injuries to stop the clock because they didn't, or, you know, to, to, to get out of that. So a lot of booing, a lot of angry people. And then I remember, I feel like they created a rule that stopped that, or you'd be penalized for it or something came out of that. No first, because I wasn't Sam Weich the first to kind of do the no huddle, you know, uh, all yes, the time. He, I mean, all the time. Uh, well, he may have been because obviously he was a disciple of Bill Walsh, which was the, West Coast offense, Niner offense, and right. not that they were known to be that type of no huddle team, but they had that quick strike offense, you know, obviously throw the five yard pass and hope to get the 65 yard yeah. touchdown. But um, yeah, at, well, I'm looking that up. In fact, the divisional playoffs, you guys had beaten, I want to say now it's Seattle because I'm looking through these teams. I have no idea. Yeah, it was Seattle like in the divisional round and you won. 21-13, and then you beat Buffalo in the championship game. Okay. It, it, well, interesting that it's Buffalo again, potentially, like as if we beat this, please. Like it yes. could be Buffalo again, but, you know, anyway. But, um, yes, I do remember that. I remember a lot of fake injuries. That You should look that up at some point because that's something that I vividly remember in those games. Yes. And you know what? I'll definitely okay. I'll look that up as well. But let me now, let me fast forward to this team. Now, I know it's been many years, obviously, between 1991 and what took place last week to think 31 years between cocktails right. to so celebrate. Keeping math straight, I was 19 years old, and yeah. I am now turning 51 on yeah. said January 28th birthday. 
Yep. <laughs> the uh, anniversary of Super Bowl 23. Um, yep. I was 19 the last time they won a playoff game, like your earlier guest, right? 19 yes, years old. Exactly. So, uh, my tender age of 19 was the last time we saw a playoff win. And now, um, yes. Yeah, so fast forward to right, last so, weekend. So what did that feel like? Just knowing. Stress. <laughs> I'm sure you must. Just been... knowing what? No, finish your sentence. Well, no, you well, knowing that, obviously, you were in control of the game. Now, I understand it came down to the final drive for the Raiders. And when the ball was intercepted by Jermaine Pratt, I'm sure at first, knowing that the pass was before the end zone and whether it was intercepted or not, it doesn't matter because it wasn't as if they were going to score at that point. But knowing the interception and you saw what – was it or, or more relief? Was it, yes. oh, my God, I can't believe they, they won? I didn't what believe was... it for a minute. No, no, no. So it was it – was, it was – wanting to could an inability to accept the good thing that has happened. I didn't even believe he had intercepted it until they replayed it. And I was like, my husband was sitting next to me going, he intercepted it. And he's all the time. I'm like, shh, stop. No, 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 no. Don't say that. Don't say right. that. Like, I mean, I was literally like terrified to believe that it was possibly true because in true nature, and I know they weren't going to win. They were only going to tie, but in true nature, like it felt like, Oh my God, why do you always have to make it so exciting Bengals? Like, why do you always have to try? I always jokingly say, try to lose, but they weren't going to lose. They were just tied, but it was more stress than I needed in my life. And I was like, I was holding my cat. I have a cat that looks like a tiger, by the way, an oh. orange cat, an orange striped cat. And just she's laying on me and I was just like squeezing her like a like a stress ball. I was like, I okay. I was like, you know what I kept saying? I was like, I was like, well, that was when we were on when we had the ball before we gave it. I was like, no interceptions. Don't, don't drop the ball. Don't, don't, you know, don't fumble. Don't, I mean, everything. I was just like reciting crazy, right? Coop stuff. Like yeah. as if I was telling them what to do and they were no, nope. and of then course. we were on defense. I'm like, no penalties, guys, no penalties, guys. You know, I'm like, just like sitting there going. And then it just like, they just kept going. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I was so frustrated, but at that very end moment, like I, I was extremely joyful, but I was in disbelief that it was really happening. And I still didn't believe it. And then I saw that it was, and then when he took the knee, I was like, okay, this is really happening. Yeah. Okay. I can be joyful. Like, you know, so then it was just pure joy and happiness and just relief actually, because I'm so happy to finally just not get rid of that stigma of like choking in the, you know, in the big game. Right. I mean, we got there a bunch of times, you know, since oh, yeah. 2005, but we never could deliver a win. You know, we just always choked. I mean, that was what they said about Andy Dalton, right? Choked in every playoff game. So um, yeah. it just, I believed it was possible. What scared me a little was watching offense. Our offense come out and do so well in the beginning. They're usually a second half team. Yeah. Uh, you know, offense tends to play their better half in the second half. So that I was a little worried was going to happen. And it unfortunately came true. They were not very productive in the second half. Um, so that was a little concerning. So I just was waiting for that. I just was in um, disbelief and joy. That was a long answer to your question. <laughs> no, no, that's hey, listen. It was a long time between playoff victories, so you know what? You had the floor. That was and and honestly, well, it just felt good. It was like it's so good to be nominated. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like it felt good, and I was like, and even if we lose this week, which I don't want to, obviously, like I'm just glad that streak, that 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 history, that story. That's, that's an old story. Like that's an old message. We get to yeah. toss that away. And it's great because this team's so young, you know oh, yeah. what I mean? It's really just like, it's exciting. 
to see, you know, you see all those stats come up about, you know, four guys under 25, you know, da, 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 you know, Mixon and, and T Higgins and, um, and Jamar and, and uh, Joe, I just hope Joe doesn't get cocky. One of the reasons I think Joe is cool. He's cool. He just needs to know. I don't need Joe to get cocky. Right. Like, I don't want to hear he's coming to he described him as cocky the other day. I was like, no, 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 no. Like that's where we're going to plummet. So. Right. Well, now on the eve of this game, and I know this is going to be released yeah. tomorrow. So when people <laughs> listen to this, they're either going to listen to it hopefully before the game, or if not, okay. they're going to listen to it after the They'll fact. Listen to but, that poor girl, and now they've lost. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. Geez, hopefully that's not the case. But how do you feel knowing that it's been that hump has been cleared 31 years, et cetera? Yeah. But will you be consumed, if not tonight, tomorrow when you wake up and say, wait a minute, I have a playoff game today? And, oh, my God, it's at 4.30. And, oh, geez, what's going to happen? How is this going to play out? So on and so forth. Or will um, you just kind of be like, ah, you know what? It's a no, I'm not going to be ah. I don't know All if right. I'll be consumed. I think once the game starts, I'll be consumed. Um, I think, as I told you, I'm a jaded Bengals fan. I love right. them, Jason. You've known me a long time. Yes. I might be jaded. And people say, oh, then that makes you not know. I am a true fan. I have to prepare myself for the worst because right. I'm – you know, otherwise you get too excited, which is probably what I was doing last weekend, like not and not ready to accept that it could really be good. Right. Um, I am nervous. I'm going to try not to think I'm not going to think about it tonight. Like it's not going to stress me out tonight. Maybe it will now because we're talking about it, but otherwise <laughs> I probably wouldn't have. But um you know, I, I'm, I'm superstitious and all that stuff. Like, right. Like I feel like, Oh, we win sometimes. So I wear my Bengals gear and all this stuff and then they lose. So I'm not doing anything different. Good. I'm just chilling. I'm being superstitious <laughs> and I'm just gonna, I mean, last week I turned it on. I told you, I thought the game was at three for some reason, must've been the pregame. So I turned on at three and then I was like, why is it not till four 30, you know, making it. So I'm, I'm ready. And like four 30 sounds like forever, but I'm also like, then once it happens, I can't take back and continue to enjoy this flow. Cause then it's going to be like, Oh, if they lose the bungles and da da da. And so I hate all that. And you know what I hate most of all, Jason, people who Tell still me. watch this game because it's a playoff game, right? Oh, yeah. Nothing's worse than the people who talk about my team who didn't watch the game like, oh, like yeah, all year long. Like I get it. You watched the highlights. I get it. You watched red zone. You did not see the game. Right. Like don't talk to me about my team unless you watch every play of the game That's for right. the good or for the bad. Right. Cause people are like, Oh, they look good. I'm like, no, no, they won, but they look like crap. Right. Like, right. you know, like, yeah, I'm a little hard on them, but you know, so um, I, um, I'll probably be bummed. I'm going to be cool though. I'm going to be cool. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to, I mean, if it happens again next year, then I'll be angry, but right now I'm going to try to play it cool. Right. And, and try to enjoy it because the thing is, is I am that, enjoying it. Yeah, I am enjoying it. I mean, I've had my Bengals cup. I don't have it right now, but I've had my Bengals cup that I've been drinking out of just subtly all week long, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, and I'm getting throwing out a who day here and there, but you know, like just, just enjoying just a few little pieces of knowing that they, they did well. So they did well. And I'm still excited. I mean, I don't love the record overall because there were some games we should have won. Um, oh, should have, could have, but it's okay. I'm excited. I'm excited. I don't know if we're going to win or lose tomorrow. I mean, I, well, my, my negativity feels like, oh, we'll lose. But I, I don't know the Titans well enough. I haven't watched all their games, obviously. Um, but as I jokingly said to you, it's like playing the Oilers all over again. Yeah. So it does feel like 1988. Um, but yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know enough about the Oilers to really know. It really is about consistency. And I feel like the Bengals aren't always consistent. So we'll see. So with that being said, what do you expect tomorrow? I'm not asking you 
asking you for a prediction. I'm not saying that, oh, it's going to be here or there, just like prior to the beginning of this discussion where your daughter came out and said, oh, no, the Titans are going to win by more than 10 points. I don't think they're going to – I mean, I shouldn't say it because then it'll probably – I don't think they're going to get creamed. I really don't think so. I think – I think, again, I don't know. You might have to tip me off a little on on the Titans and how good they are. Um, I feel better coming into a game without a break. You know what I mean? Like when Joe and – Joe Mixon and and, and Burrow and all those guys didn't play the week before, I was a little more nervous last week knowing even though you rest them, I feel like they were in a rhythm. He was in a rhythm. You know what I mean? I didn't want to break the rhythm. So I feel like I didn't love the second half. The offense did not look great in the second half of the game last week. So I'm not sure. Like, this is what I've become used to with the Bengals. Defense plays a good half and offense plays a good half, but they may not always play this good half in the same half. (laughs) It may not be the half I need them to play good in. So that's what I'm expecting is, uh, but that's why I say consistency. If they could just hold the, the whole game, you know what I mean? Like don't just do great for the first half. And then that feels like the defense. It's like, I just get frustrated, but I'm, I'm thinking it'll be, well, are they, a, again, help me with the Titans. I haven't watched their games this year. Are they yeah. a strong defensive team? Like uh, they have, they have good defensive players, but they're not to me. They're one seed. And did they deserve it? I guess they did because they killed Kansas city. They also beat Buffalo. Uh, but then they also lost to the Jets. They lost to Houston. Well, we lost to the Jets, too. No, I know. Of course. Didn't and the Bucs to... almost lose to the Jets? I mean, the Jets, like, had these they weird almost lost games. Them. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's weird. The Jets had these games where... Same thing that the Jaguars, you know, they were they were not as bad as their record, just so you know. Like, we played the Jags, and they were not as bad as their record showed. They were pretty in that Thursday night game. They were a tough team. So, um, I... But, no, real quick, though, with the Titans... Here's my thing. They get their running back, Derrick Henry, which I'm sure, I don't know if you're familiar Bye. with him. Yeah. Right. So now he hasn't played in two months, so who knows what type of game shape he's going to be in. If I'm the defensive coordinator for the Bengals, let Ryan Tannehill beat you. And granted, they have two very good receivers, although one's been hurt most of the year, Julio Jones, who used to play in Atlanta. And then they have A.J. Brown, who's their other wide receiver, who's excellent. And the the, Stop the run. Yeah, that to me, I was stacking, the run, you're as we used to joke, instead of stacking eight in a box, I stacked nine in the box, let Tannehill try to beat you, and that's yeah. it. And to me, because Tannehill, he's a guy that, although he has playoff experience, See, but nobody's going to confuse him with I think they should Emory. do that, but I don't think they will. They, I, I, I hear you, and it sounds good, but I'd like to – here's a question, because I have not checked this, so people will be like, she's not a real fan. Not true. I just don't <laughs> keep up with all the things until the day of the game. Is uh, the uh, I call him Okeechobee. That's not his name. Um, oh. and on the uh, is he out? Yeah, he's out. But you, but um, what about um, Trey Hendrickson? Hendrickson is he's playing? Okay, okay. So so um um okay okay yeah I you know yeah let's hope we can stop that run. Look, we've stopped. I I'm I'm not gonna. I can't predict anything, Jason. I just don't think it'll be a blowout. I really don't believe it'll be a blowout unless there's some horrible injury. You know what I right. mean? That nobody's expecting. I do think that uh, last week he tried too hard to, to only throw to chase. And I get it. Like it was a hot game the week of Kansas City. And man, that was super exciting. Don't get oh, me yeah. wrong. But last week, I just felt like he didn't hit his variety of receivers. Burrow didn't hit the variety of receivers that he did in other weeks. I felt like he was a little too focused on Chase, and everybody was focused on Chase because he had that amazing, like, yards after catch and where the oh, touchdown, yeah. where that was, like, yeah, mind-blowing. You know, he's yeah. Like, that was just, like, mind-blowing. But they were trying so hard to recreate that that they tried a little too hard. And so I hope they go back to spreading around if they can, if, if you know, seeing. But, you know, we'll see. 
Um, I don't know. I'm hoping to see a, cl- a good game. Um, it was too close of a game against Las Vegas. So unlike all the other games that were blowouts, um, uh, except uh, what was the other one? Dallas. And, San Francisco, uh, Dallas. Yeah. San Francisco. Th- those were the only two actual real good games. Yep. So sadly, the Bengals will probably always make it exciting. I just hope they show up to play, Jason. I hope <laughs> they look good enough to at least have made it to this game. And if they lose after playing a good game, I will be okay. If they play like crap, they choke, they look awful, they just got full of themselves, then I'm not going to be okay to answer your question. Well, to me, it's like two out of three. And what I mean by that is this. You don't want to get blown out because even though you'll think, well, hey, we didn't deserve to win, but geez, that was a tremendous letdown. I don't want to be blown out. Right. The second one is, all right, it's a competitive game, kind of back and forth. All right, maybe Tennessee takes the lead, but here we are coming back. And then you lose at a late second field goal. Yeah, those are gut punches, but it's like, ah, all right. Yeah. The one thing you don't want to lose is you don't want to be up 24-7 and then lose like 30 to 27. Right. I think the other thing that'll be tough is if they've got the game and then they shoot themselves in the foot, which is that is the traditional disheartened, jaded Bengal fan who's seen it too many, just kind of like last week where you were like, are they going to let them tie? Like, are they really going to let them tie when they had that game and they should have had that game, you know? Um, and that's the thing. I mean, like, if it's one of those stupid things where it's a bunch of missed field goals and stupid, I don't know. I'm trying not to predict, Jason. I'm just preparing no. for every potential. So, um, all right, I'll so- be all right if they play a good game. If they play a crap game, not just a blown out, but just a crap game. Like, if yeah, they just, just look like crap and it's embarrassing, right. or they make really poor choices, like, sometimes... I saw some weird calls. Like, I'm going to be mad. Right. No, I, I totally understand. I would be I w- okay losing if they show up. Oh, of course. Yeah, there's no moral victories, but right. If they lose 34-31. It will and- be a moral victory, not a physical victory. Right, yeah. And we know moral victories, they get you nothing. But, right, you just don't want to get, A, embarrassed, or, B, get that gut punch of a loss where you're up by 10 with five minutes to go. And then you lose yeah. in the final seconds. Yeah. Those totally are- random off the wall question. It'll be fast and we'll go skip past it during right. the season. Would you rather tie or lose? It's weird. I, I'd rather lose, but you know what? The ties help because in the case with the I, if they this didn't year, help, if they didn't help, I know they help like this year with you guys, were, but doesn't tying irritate the crap out of you? That's what oh, I'm trying to say. Yeah, it was That's what I'm saying. Like having a tie in professional football uh, needs to go away. This is another topic another day, but I just thought of it and I needed to ask you. No, go ahead. I know it helped. That's all. I know it helped oh. you with your Steelers and I'm sorry, but I really wanted the, 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 the Vegas Chargers to tie, but nonetheless, I know. So take that away. Take all the help it does. It's to me so stupid to tie. And I don't know any football player that wants to tie either. They want to win. Yeah. No, if they're not going to win, at least just lose. I hate a tie. Sorry. I just right. wanted to ask you that. Okay. No, that's fine. No, understand. Okay. Well, I will say this in closing. I am rooting for you guys big time. I hope wait, one step at a time. Uh, because I wasn't rooting for the Steelers ever. No, no, listen, I, I totally I'm joking. I'm joking. No, I, I totally understand that because you put it this way I'm sure you've seen the Steelers win enough for 40 lifetimes. So it's like if they lose and go 0 16, you know, yeah, tomorrow, I get it. I'm gonna remember this no matter what happens tomorrow, I am gonna sleep well knowing we swept the Steelers <laughs> and we swept the Ravens and our and and we and that. And that felt as good as making it to the playoffs. Like, I got to yeah. tell you, like, I was almost nervous. Like, I was nervous during both of those. I just wanted to be, I feel like we have lost to those teams so many times. I'm so over it. 
that felt better. Sweeping our division, sweeping, sweeping the Steelers and sweeping the Ravens this year was as good as winning last week's playoff game. No. And it's funny you say that too, because the Steelers had the same scenario where they swept the Ravens and they swept the Browns, but got swept by the Bengals and the same thing. And then you guys got swept by the Browns. So that's stupid. Yeah, like that know, irritates it's... me, but I'll, I'll yeah. let that go this year. Right. But that just, but I'm actually, I didn't even really care about the Browns until recently again, you know what I mean? Cause they've been ah. kind of a nonsensical, but I, uh, I really, really enjoyed beating Ravens. I mean, would we have beat them if they had Lamar? I mean, I don't know. So whatever. No, it doesn't matter. You do I'll take it while I can. I'll take yeah, the exactly. while I can. Yes. Um, it doesn't come around enough. So I'm sorry. No. In closing. No, so uh, yes, I'm rooting for you guys. For my team. I hope you guys win. And Are you watching live? I may be because I'm running an errand okay. to do some food shopping right. in the well, morning. Well, I'll be watching live, oh, which I, I don't that. always do. No, I don't right. always watch live, but I will no, be watching live. But, but no, I will definitely, whether I miss the first few minutes of the first quarter or whatever, I'm definitely going to watch. So it goes without saying, but I won't reach out to you until the day after win or lose. You because... can reach out to me at any time. No, I know, I but no, I'll I probably get... text you. All right. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you so much Is that for it? contributing. Oh, okay. Yeah, so for contributing. Closing, I appreciate it. Yes. Feel sorry for me because I'm an old Bengals fan, but feel happy because joy came to us last week. Yes, I do. And I'm I happy am for the for the future Bengal fans. I get so excited when I see somebody have a Bengal shirt on. I live in Florida. When I see somebody walk around, I'm like, oh, are you a Bengals fan? You know, yeah. we didn't even talk about the fact that I got, you know, the, what's his name? Uh, Joe. Um, help me. My brain just froze. Took Joe. over for Montana. Steve Young? Steve Young. Thank you. I was thinking Joe Theismann. Why was I thinking? Oh. Uh, Steve Young. I mean, I, I won't, we can stop recording and I'll tell you a story, but you know, I produced him on the Wayne Brady show, right? I don't do you know this that. story. Yeah, well, I don't know if you can, you cut it out. You want to do it? Oh, well, you know what we could, as a matter of fact, we'll close on that note. We'll put that off, uh, offline. So hold tight, Risa, but thank you so much and go Bengals. Thank you. Who day? Who day? Who day think going to beat the Bengals? Maybe the Titans. I hope not. Once again, many thanks to Jai and Risa for their contribution to this podcast. I couldn't think of two better people. One young, one seasoned, as uh, we discussed there on the podcast earlier. But to have their experiences, to have their insight, feedback, to show what it takes to be a diehard fan of a team that has been more disappointing and so many bitter, tough defeats, long seasons than winning seasons or championship seasons for that matter. So yes, forget about the Laker fan, forget about the Patriot fan, forget about the team that seems to win each and every other year, the Warriors of the mid-20-teens and All the other teams that we could talk about that so many of these Fairweather fans jump on the bandwagon. No. These are diehards. These are fans that, through thick and thin, are going to root for their team to the very end. And you have to respect that. So, although the Bengals have had a very rough last 30-some-odd years, it looks like the tide is starting to turn a little bit. And hopefully it turns for the better, especially in this postseason. Because, as we all know, you cannot guarantee championships, no matter how good your team is. Maybe, I get it, we could look at what happened in New England all those years with Belichick and Brady, but even still, when they won those three Super Bowls in the early 2000s, it still took them about, what is it, 12, 13 years before they won the next one? So, you get my drift when it comes to winning and losing, but it's always good to hear 
from the fan that certainly hasn't tasted the victory and the champagne and the bubbly. And mind you, they still have a couple more games to go before they could even reach the mountaintop. But thanks again for their input and contribution toward the podcast. And people, I'm hoping to get more guests over the course of the next few weeks and even months for that matter, especially with a fourth anniversary of the podcast coming in the beginning of March. So please, if you haven't done so, subscribe, rate, review, throw me a few stars, write a review. I would greatly appreciate it. It will go a long and far way to getting the word out about this podcast. So please, whatever your contribution could be on that end, take screenshots, share it with your friends, family, the sports fan in your life. I do not take your participation for granted, so please do that, and I will be forever gratefully thankful for that. If you want to hit me up, you know the drill. You could do so at any of the following social media accounts, whether it be on Instagram, J Reels, or the J Reels Podcast. On Twitter, J Reels One, just a number. On Facebook, the J Reels Podcast fan page. And then the old fashioned way, if you want to shoot me an email, you could do so at the J Reels Podcast at gmail.com. Any questions, comments, criticism, praise, doesn't matter. Please send it to me. You know I will follow up with you guys and gals. And lastly, if you want to contribute to this endeavor, you could do so at www.patreon.com slash the J Reels Podcast. That's P as in Paul, A T as in Tom, R E O N as in Nancy. Whatever you want to contribute, that's going to go 100% to this production, whether it's the upkeep of the website, more equipment as I try to slowly but surely get bigger and better to make sure that the quality of this production comes through crystal clear, just as good as. You may hear on some of the top podcasts or even from the networks that are out there, and I don't need to name them, but to have you coming back each and every week to get my take on what goes on in the world of sports, because whether you do or do not know, it's in the blood, people. It's in my DNA. This is why I love to talk about sports pretty much since birth, and it doesn't matter whether I'm praising a team, criticizing a player, going over a particular controversial play, game, etc. This is what I love to discuss. On everything that's happening in the world of the diamond, the ice, the gridiron, the hardwood, golf course, racetrack, tennis court, octagon, boxing ring, you name it. From my lips to your ears, from my heart to your soul, from where I am to wherever you are, the J Reels podcast always comes correct, direct, and in full effect. From the South Bronx, the South Beach, the South Central, the South Pacific, and all points beyond, peace, love, and God bless everybody. Enjoy the divisional round to my... Bengal faithful, I'm rooting for you hard, so I hope you pull out a victory in Tennessee and then move on to the AFC Championship game. And until Monday, when we recap it all, everything that goes on in the world of sports, you know I got you. So until next time on the J Reels Podcast, on the flip, baby.